Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading Amos chapter 6 from the World English Bible. Woe to those who are at ease in Zion, and to those who are secure on the mountain of Samaria, the notable men of the chief of the nations, to whom the house of Israel come. Go to Kalna and see, and from there go to Hamath the Great, then go down to Gath of the Philistines. Are they better than these kingdoms, or is their border greater than your border? Those who put far away the evil day and cause the seat of violence to come near, who lie on beds of ivory and stretch themselves on their couches and eat the lambs out of the flock and the calves out of the middle of the stall, who strum on the strings of a harp, who invent for themselves instruments of music like David, who drink wine in bowls and anoint themselves with the best oils, but they are not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. Therefore they will now go captive with the first who go captive, and the feasting and lounging will end. The Lord Yahweh has sworn by himself, says Yahweh the God of armies, I abhor the pride of Jacob and detest his fortresses. Therefore I will deliver up the city with all that is in it. It will happen, if there remain ten men in one house, that they shall die. When a man's relative carries him, even he who burns him, to bring bodies out of the house, and asks him, Who is in the innermost parts of the house? Is there yet any with you? And he says, No. Then he will say, Hush, indeed, we must not mention Yahweh's name. For behold, Yahweh commands, and the great house will be smashed to pieces, and the little house into bits. Do horses run on the rocky crags? Does one plow there with oxen? But you have turned justice into poison, and the fruit of righteousness into bitterness. You who rejoice in a thing of nothing, who say, Haven't we taken for ourselves horns by our own strength? For behold, I will raise up against you a nation, house of Israel, says Yahweh, the God of armies, and they will afflict you from the entrance of Hamath to the brook of the Arabah. That is the end of chapter 6. Verse 1 is talking about the alliances between Judah, represented by its capital city Zion, and the northern kingdom Israel, as represented by its capital city Samaria, alliances that involve them putting their trust somewhere else other than Yahweh. These notable people, these people at ease in Zion, in the chief or chosen nation, are those to whom all of Israel comes for leadership. The place Kalna, mentioned in verse 2, is a name listed in Genesis 10.10 as one of the cities that were part of the beginning of the kingdom of Nimrod. It is also spelled Kalno in Isaiah 10.9, and is probably an Assyrian city, but it's uncertain exactly where it was. Some people think it might be near Arpad, which is roughly 100 miles north of Hamath. 
Now, Hamath is also mentioned in 2 Kings 18.34 as one of the cities conquered by Sennacherib when he's taunting Hezekiah about 75 years in the future from when Amos is writing. The Bible Atlas measures Hamath as about 200-ish miles north of the Sea of Galilee, and then Gath is about 35 miles west of Bethlehem. God seems to be asking if the nation of Israel is lacking compared to these other nations and their great cities, and do they consider themselves superior? People tend to get this wrong both ways. When you read in verse 3, you need to make sure to go all the way to verse 6, because the problem isn't that these people who are at ease The problem isn't that they are blessed and making music like David made music. The problem is they are doing it when they should be grieved at what is going on in the land, Joseph being the name here used to represent the people. So because they are being so inappropriate, to put it mildly, they will be among the first captives, which will put a stop to their sickening level of self-indulgence. In verse 8, the phrase, the Lord has sworn by himself, is one that is used elsewhere. In particular, Hebrews 6.13 talks about it when it's referring to God swearing by himself to make his promise to Abraham because there is no one greater he could swear by. So this emphasizes that whatever he is talking about, a promise, a judgment, he alone holds all things in his hands. Here, unfortunately, and I hate just to say unfortunately, it seems like such an understatement, here it is to declare that God abhors pride. To abhor means to turn away from as from a stench, according to Vine's um, dictionary. To turn away from something abominable, loathsome, or repulsive, even destructive. Pride is not a good thing. And you can refer to Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, Proverbs 3, 34, 1 Peter 5, 5, and James 4, 6, and also notice the synonyms for pride are insolence and arrogance. Again, it is all variations of their theme of pursuing and bragging about wickedness, so they will be delivered up to the enemy. It will be so bad that when the next of kin come to take care of dead bodies, the men will be warning each other not to dare mentioning Yahweh's name. The idea seeming to be they don't want to draw his attention and more judgment because now they at least recognize him. In verse 11, it says, all the houses will be smashed. No one will escape the judgment. Then in verse 12, Yahweh again points out the absurdity of their wickedness using the metaphor of horses in very unnatural habitat, or a farmer trying to grow things in the worst environment possible. Here in verse 12 is where the same word that is translated wormwood in Amos 5.7 in the World English Bible is translated poison. In the New King James, it's translated as gall, and it's also a reference to their perversion of justice. In verse 13, he tells them that their rejoicing in their own strength is nothing. You can't get much lower or more humiliated than that. Without him, they are nothing. And it will be proven when a nation comes to afflict them. This will be taking place from Hamath, which we spoke about up in the northern sections, to the brook of the Arabah. 
The word Araba is technically just translated barren area or wilderness, but as a name, it is taken to refer to the valley from Mount Hermon, way up near Dan, down to the Gulf of Aqaba, which is the eastern rabbit ear, as I call it, of the Red Sea. But the term, the Brook of Araba, was probably um, more of a wadi, according to the Encyclopedia of the Bible on BibleGateway.com. And this would mean it was probably a um, steep-sided stream bed that only flowed in the rainy season. The Holman Bible Dictionary, which you can also find on studylight.org, says that the brook, that it literally means the brook of the wilderness and is a stream bed that is dry most of the year. And it marked the southern border of Israel, the northern kingdom Israel. So this description is that the destruction will take in all of Israel. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today but not the end of our journey.